I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. And we are gathered here today to talk about the DC Fandom! What? So loud. So loud. <laughs> I'm just imagining you guys recording and seeing the spike in the audio and <laughs> thankful that I don't edit this show. That's what levelating does. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> you yeah, guys... Levelating only does so much when you uh, max out the mic. Oh, fair. Fair. <laughs> It'll be fine. Ah. I mean, that was me at a six. You want me to take it up to an eight? <laughs> We're good. We're good. Did... Then okay. we need another take. We can do another take. <laughs> oh. I, I, much like uh, much like in Smallville, I feel like I need another take here, Paul. Yeah. Okay, go for it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm joking. We're, oh. we're fine. Oh, okay. Let's oh, okay. We're, we're making, moving on. <laughs> I was making a fandom reference. I mean, you know, I know you guys. It was already, and then he, he, and he, we caused him to cough. He was taking a deep breath. That's right. I was I was already the dome it again. I was gonna take it to the dome. Because <laughs> much like you guys, I tuned in for all that Smallville content. There was this. No, I, I will I, tell you, the Smallville content was fine. It was useless and and not shockingly, like fifteen seconds of Chloe throughout the entire thing. Um, but what I was didn't even think about that. They did everything to avoid showing her. They showed yeah, one was, shot uh, of her crying, which which you know. It could be from the show, could be not. <laughs> Mac, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nexium. Um, <laughs> and uh, but I gotta say, the the biggest disappointment for me from the DC fandom was the half hour of Supergirl content. God, I was like, whoa, they are still going. Like, it was awful. Like, I, I I started fandom a half hour late, and I was able to get all caught up <laughs> because of that. Well, you know, they they had this you know big discussion. Of the Supergirl cast, you know, what were your favorite moments of Supergirl? What was your favorite fan moment, whatnot? And I'm like, this is this feels like Blu-ray special edition content. And sure enough, at the very end of it, buy the Blu-ray. Well, and I noticed everyone's favorite scenes, everyone's favorite moments, with the exception of people I didn't know because they were new, were all from the first few seasons when the show used to be good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's sad when uh, good television goes bad. Six seasons of that crap. Yeah. Hey, it's the story of the CW. All That's all true. of their shows pretty much started good and went horrible. You know, they didn't really have. So they had, you know, they had a significant amount of Supergirl, primarily because the show's ending. But as far as the CW shows, um, I mean, they were all. Was Legends of Tomorrow represented? I know Batwoman was. I know Clark and Lois. Was. Yeah, they they definitely had a whole bit on Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> they did. They did. Bit too. They did. They did a hundred episodes on a hundred. Yeah, seconds. that's what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, because it's coming well, on their hundredth episode of Legends and, of Tomorrow. You know and, what uh, really would be DVD special feature, but I enjoyed having it here. That was the uh, Superman and Lois, like the walkthrough of the set with the actress that plays Lois and the actor that plays uh, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, that was no, that cool. was really good. I and loved you can it. tell how much they like each other. You know? yeah. And they're so excited. They, I, yeah. I know they're not mo- real mother and, and son, but certainly it seems like there's a bit of onset, like mother son relationship yeah. that they formed. And Is I it kind of like the Brady like... Bunch mother son relationship, or are we talking about no. actual mother son? <laughs> no. Okay. We're talking about a legal, appropriate relationship. Yeah. No, I love all the little things. Like here's the camera that I just play with when I'm on the set, and I have to remember to put it back the right way so it doesn't screw up the shots. Ah. But I tell you, I tell you who. 
I, I was amazed at the absence of energy from Grant Gustin. Oh, talking I wasn't. About the Flash. Every time they cut to Grant Gustin, yeah, I'm, here I am being the Flash. Yeah, yeah. that, that didn't surprise me. I don't feel like Grant <laughs> Gustin. I've never seen Grant Gustin ever since the show started. <laughs> now, like you give that first season, Grant Gustin is a lot different than every time I've seen Grant yeah. Gustin since. He he just seems like, yeah, you know, I'm on the show. It yeah. seems like he's uh, he's punching his time card, and he's uh-huh. coming in, he's doing his job, then he's leaving in the day like, bye, Bob, see you, Fred. Eight you to know, five, that's... don't call me after work. <laughs> well, that is another show that just went so downhill. Yeah. And for some reason, I'm reminded of one of my favorite episodes, one of the first crossovers with Arrow, where they switch bodies. And oh, yeah. Grant Gustin is doing the voice like Arrow does, and you get Stephen Amell acting like Flash. It just you saw the energy of those two actors playing each other's characters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to go a little bit out of order here since we're talking about the flash because, um, you know, Grant Gustin didn't show up in a choker and a sleeveless yeah. jacket, but uh, yeah. Ezra Miller, <laughs> Ezra kind of Miller an odd <laughs> I think that's just his style. I think he's got a little bit of a punk look going. I think, yeah, I think Ezra Miller is definitely known for his style. Um, and we got our first, actual footage of the flash movie um as one of the first big announcements of fandom we're going a little bit out of order um but the, the we, we got that first flash teaser which showed absolutely nothing <laughs> it yeah. was just the the greatest first tease. flash cock teaser <laughs> well at least they showed the car no. Oh, wait. No, wait, wait, they didn't. No, we got to see the back of Michael Keaton's head, but we got to hear him at got least. To hear some Michael Keaton. Well, and yeah, you know I... what's funny? You know, I watched that trailer and I, I was so I spent the entire time so waiting to see Michael Keaton's face that I, you know, I, I saw some screen grabs of the trailer later, and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that there's a shot in the trailer where it's two Ezra Millers and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Like two versions of the Flash and Supergirl, you know, are in the Batcave. I didn't like. I I I just I guess I was so focused on looking for Michael Keaton and that I didn't even notice. Oh wait, Supergirl's in the trailer, and those are two Flashes. Yeah, no, I literally said out loud, "Just show the Batmobile. Just show the Batmobile. Just show the Batmobile." And then they have this whole scene where you see the outline of it under the cloth, and they pull the cloth off and. That's where it cuts. It feels <laughs> it like me off. <laughs> here's the thing. It, it was definitely a tease. We're still a ways away from the film. It felt like everyone already knows. So why are you? So why not? Yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah, right. Like everyone I mean, already that's knows. The whole reason I'm going to see the movie is because Michael Keaton's in it. Yeah, there's no well, secret because they're there. bringing his Batman. I wouldn't go see the Flash movie if they didn't do that. Just because you know how something's going to end doesn't mean they can't tease you with it, obviously. Right. But I gotta say, I was surprised because Ezra Miller's like, we don't have, <laughs> yeah, we don't have a taser. Deadpan. He he was a little deadpan too, right? He's like, yeah. we don't have enough for a, we don't have enough for a trailer, we don't have enough for a teaser. But I I thought that was a pretty adequate teaser. I would say that Same it was here. actually a teaser. Like when he's like, yeah. oh, we don't even have enough yeah. footage for a teaser, but we put this together, and I'm like, well, that's 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 a teaser. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that was great. In fact, I'll say uh, one of the two high points of the fandom or three, uh, three high points for me at the fandom. Yeah. I would say for as frustrating as it was to not get like my gratification of seeing Michael Keaton or Ben Affleck in the, in the trailer. um, I I did enjoy uh, that they had something 
right? Um, yeah. Especially, especially with his intro. Like I said, you know, he's he kind of teased that they had nothing. <laughs> but then, but yeah. then I was like, oh wait, okay, no, this is an actual teaser, and I, like, it was, and I like the, um, I like the vibe, right? Like it, it, yeah. There, there was humor. There was, you know, um, lots of interesting nuggets in the in the in the, in that little bit. So yeah, I would say that was definitely I, one it, thing. Yeah. And well, I, I can't it. say I like the costume. It is much much better for me than the one that he wore in Justice League. Agreed. I will say that the Flash teaser suggests that this will be a movie more in tone with Wonder Woman than it is with Justice League. Yeah. That it will be that it will have a sense of humor and that it will have an element of cool to it. And I think all the cool is going to come from Batman. I, um, I really hope you mean the first Wonder Woman and not Wonder Woman 1984. I, I that is exactly what I mean. <laughs> But uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I liked what I saw. I, I'm a little freaked out by Ezra Miller, the uh, the person and actor. Uh, but I, <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy Ezra Miller in the Snyder Cut. And uh, I, uh, I'm excited for this. But Paul. Yes, sir. I think what we all know here is that the hierarchy of power in the DC universe is about to change. Now, that was the thing I was most looking forward to. And like I said, I was running a little late. Um, to the fandom, and of course, the first thing they showed was right, the Black, Black Adam. Adam. Yeah. Now, one of the things you know, we talked about um, how DC fandom was wasn't streaming on HBO Max. That was frustrating. Uh, I will say that one of the things that I appreciate is I tried watching DC fandom through fandom through the website, and it was not working for me to rewind it, and it kept crashing on me. But they Warner Brothers was also streaming it on all of their YouTube channels. Oh, really? Um, so I was able to just broadcast Wow, I wish I'd known that. Yeah, I was able yeah. to watch it on my TV yeah. through YouTube, which allowed me to fast forward, well, up to the live point, and rewind, and that kind of stuff. You know, Paul, a real friend would have told us that. In yeah. The well, so yeah, you guys were already a half hour in. <laughs> what, I didn't what a know. dick Paul is. I mean, come on, guys. Is anyone surprised? Fair. Is anyone actually surprised? Come on. Yeah. No, not no, I mean, all. we all knew he'd be the one to betray us. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Um, so, yeah, we, we got in the first, like, eight minutes of fandom, we we got the, uh, the Black Adam. Uh, you know, it was... Just well, we we actually got like three bits, right? We had some we had some focus on the cast, some concept art, a little bit of Dwayne the Rock Johnson cussing, and uh, then when then we actually had a scene from the film. Yeah, I I, I thought it looked slick. It wasn't. I, I will tell you, I think the flash teaser was better. I agree. Um, but uh, I am really jazzed about Black Adam. I am about the cast, I will say. You know, I mean, the the actor they cast for Hawkman is just a great actor. Um, really like him in City on a Hill. And uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to him as Hawkman. He, he seems well, to be a true fan. And Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate yeah. is brilliant. It absolutely is. That is amazing. Brilliant. Yeah, I will say nothing I saw, like the preview or any of that, really has me very jazzed. But The Rock himself is what has you jazzed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You just see the passion he has for this. We saw it last year at Fandom. He not only cares about this, he's got like a ton of energy for this project. Yeah. And that makes you hopeful for it alone, even before we started seeing all the Justice Society stuff. And yeah. we're 
you know, we're all huge Justice Society fans. Yeah, that's that's I'm honestly, and I'm a big rock fan. But the most thing I'm most excited for is the incorporation of all those Justice Society elements. God, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. You know, one of the things I, we didn't, I didn't put on this outline, but kind of related to this, was that um, we also got a teaser trailer for uh, Shazam Part 2. Which, I did you know, not see that. I missed it. So yeah. I, I watched it, and I, you guys know I hated the first Shazam. It was awful. Yeah, it yeah, was. It had good parts. No, but the, fam- the, the family stuff was the good part. The superhero part. Yeah. The bad stuff. Yeah, exactly. It was awful, thought, Andrew, and you're awful. <laughs> so, Aaron, I I will agree with Andrew in that I like the children actors they used. I thought all of the kids stuff was great in it. I thought that the direction of the main character, the main actor playing Shazam himself, he acted more childish than the actual children, and that was a huge problem. My bigger problem with it, though, was you got a bunch of CGI villains that were interchangeable, had no personality. Yep. The seven deadly sins, they they weren't anything. This time, you have people as... Yeah, you got Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu yeah, as the villains so in this one. I originally have had no intention of watching the sequel, because I hated the first one. But from the previews, I didn't see the overacting, acting too much like a far too young character from the main uh, Shazam actor. And we have actual people for the villains that we can tell apart that aren't CGI people that seem to have personality. I mean, so most I, of my complaints are addressed. I could compare this to a, a recent experience. I watched the Venom, the original Venom. Boy, that moves awful. <laughs> but I, it's for a lot of us the same reason. There's just, you know, there's very little in the way of a, a compelling villain and you don't even get to see the villain until late, late in the movie. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think and the only reason I watched the original villain is because I want to see Venom too. Cause I think Woody Harrelson as carnage is probably going to be an amazing villain. Yeah. I will say Andrew, the first Venom, it was not a good movie, No, but it was fun to watch because there's just something about Tom Hardy arguing with himself that those scenes were fun. The plot wasn't good. The story wasn't good. But he was fun to watch. Get out of here with this Marvel talk. I don't know if you guys realize this, but this is the DC Fandom podcast. There's no Marvel in the Fandom. Just Captain Marvel. To to Black Adam, then, because I am super excited for Black Adam. And and The Rock, The Rock knows how to sell things. You know, if you compare him to Jason Momoa, you know, they're kind of similar, big, Mm -hmm. muscly dudes. Jason Momoa, his personality is just he's a laid back, casual guy. So he doesn't bring that excitement. To when he's talking about Aquaman too, whereas uh, you know when The Rock is talking about Black Adam, like you want to get up and start cheering, or at least I do. Well, yeah, well you know, you know, The Rock is in the business of The Rock. I mean, right. he is all about Dwayne Johnson, and uh, yeah, I, his his energy level is infectious. Well, Grant Gustin, pay attention. Yeah, well, <laughs> and you know, speaking of awful movies that that now have sequels, um, Aquaman two. Yeah, uh, now I will say, you know, I do, I, I. I, I want to be. I mean, I really tried. I really tried to like that first Aquaman movie. Well, you know, when you liked Aquaman so much in Justice League, yeah, even you know, the theatrical version, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, he was he was a lot of fun. He was. In fact, they really should do a Wonder Woman Aquaman team up movie. That should be a buddy film, right? right? But uh, but boy, I mean, I I just I Aquaman felt like such a huge letdown. Yeah. Well, and you know. Every, it had everything going for it. It had a good cast. I liked 
you know, I like the guy who plays Aquaman. I like the yeah. lady who plays Mira. I like the villains. I liked everyone in the cast. Yeah. The director, James Wan, you know, from The Conjuring. Like, I, I was what? like, everything about this should be good. And it was And not. it was one of the highest grossing films of the year that it came out. Yeah. It made buckets of money. Buckets of money. Because people wanted to like it. It was. It's like me going back to see Star Trek Five the second the second day, you know, for the second time the day after it came out. Going, it can't be as bad as I thought it was. It can't be as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> and it is in fact worse. Yes. <laughs> well, and you know, I know they're and so they're hyping it. So they, we didn't get any actual footage of the movie, just like a bunch of behind the scenes stuff. And they're like, oh, it's going to be more mature. And like, okay, okay, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. It, honestly, you know, I mean, it, it's the same cast, same creative team. So, I'm, I'm cautious, but like, they're, they're like now everything that was going right for the for the first film uh, going in are the things that I'm now <laughs> that I'm now concerned about uh, for yeah. Aquaman two, which is that it's the same everything. It looks almost as bad as the new Aquaman cartoon. No, no. Uh, the yeah. Aquaman Ooh. cartoon looks awesome. No, it, <laughs> it looks, looks horrible. awesome. <laughs> I can't horrible. wait. Now available now. <laughs> the first episode available yeah. now on HBO Max, and you know, uh, they they had a bunch of. Um, speaking of HBO Max, they had a, you know a number of HBO Max related announcements in addition to. Oh, this is something that's not on the outline. I mean, apparently a bunch of shit isn't on the outline. Um, <laughs> but in addition to some of the stuff that we're going to talk about in detail today, they also talked briefly with the directors of the upcoming uh, directors and star of the upcoming Batgirl movie coming to HBO Max. They also announced um, that Doom Patrol and Titans had both been renewed for season four yep. for HBO Which is Max. Crazy. And my favorite news of it is that the. Pennyworth series has, is now filming season three and is moving from its from epics to HBO Max. And so Thank starting God. early next year, been, it'll be on I HBO Max. I have been Max. wanting to watch Pennyworth, but I wasn't willing to subscribe to yet another pace. Epics. Like, who the, what the hell is yeah. epics of all yeah. things? But, you know, have you guys checked out the Batman audio adventure on HBO Max? I added it to my list, but I have not actually started seeing it yet. Or I listened listening to, to the it, first say. episode this weekend. It's really good. Uh, it, there it's got a hell of a cast. Cert- yeah, well, and it's it's there's certainly a sense of humor to it. Uh, one of the lines of dialogue in it just kills me. You know, first we get the Joker, then the Riddler. I tell you, the knock knocker is home sewing his uniform right now. <laughs> <laughs> the knock knocker. The knock knocker. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to give that a listen. And you know, the some of the stuff that they like, in addition to all that stuff, they also talked briefly with the directors and star of the upcoming Blue Beetle movie. No footage. I mean, they like the the lead actor who is um, also the lead actor from Cobra Kai. He's like, I haven't even seen the costume yet, but I know you it's going to be awesome. Machia? No, no, no. The the, <laughs> the young star of uh, Cobra Kai. That's okay. I'm sure the costume that he has will just be one with a bunch of dots because it'll all be CGI. Then fair, fair. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, but you know, so you know, it, it, lots of lot, lots of DC content. Coming to you know HBO what stood Max. out to me that they didn't talk about for HBO Max? Hmm. We didn't see anything Green Lantern show related. That's a fair point. Yeah, nothing. Like not even a mention of it. Yeah, that's not that may that may not be a, a great sign, <laughs> quite frankly. Because <laughs> I mean, they literally exactly. you know had all these people talking about things that are like 
like you know a glint in someone's eye like they haven't they haven't they so, like they hadn't even they, they had one piece of concept art from blue beetle and one piece of concept art from batgirl and they still had panels on them but nothing from green lantern um that's a good point wayne that not not a not a good sign for yeah. that show the milestone news was pretty exciting yeah that was a nice uh... long and i will say you know normally i'm not a fan of while some other panels that went on too long were a bit like groaners um, the milestone they they gave a nice bunch of time to milestone agreed agreed yeah they they had uh, reggie hudlin and dennis cowan is that who the other fellow was Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, they had them sitting on the couch and they were spaced far apart. And I'm like, are they social distanced or do they hate each other? Huh. <laughs> I think they're yes. social distanced. You think? But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a uh, a new static uh, uh, movie coming. There, uh, the thing I'm super excited about: new comic uh, Blood Syndicate. You know. That was the uh, the super group in the 90s that Milestone had uh, that has been curiously absent with the launch of Icon and Rocket, Static, and Hardware. Where's the Blood Syndicate? Well, they're coming. I'm really excited about that. And they'll have to do some massive changes to not just the the heroes backstories, but you know the entire origin of the group because it was so rooted in the '90s. So I, I'm really curious to see what they do there. I wish they would have given us more about the Static movie because we already knew that Michael B. Jordan was doing it. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted yeah. some announcements for. I thought because... for sure we were going to get an announcement of, of the uh, cast. Yeah. Yeah. But we did get the. Um... We did get the announcement of a milestone animated movie. Yeah. So that was yeah. pretty exciting. That is exciting. I I got gotta tell you, I, I was dubious after last year's fandom and we got the milestone announcements, and then it seemed like it was quiet for a while. Yeah. Um, but I am encouraged that we got even more announcements this time. They had some artwork to go along with it. And, you know, we, we've actually seen some movement this year. So I am encouraged. I'm well, encouraged. And, you, you, and I you noticed did. that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I said you can go ahead if it's about milestone. There you go. Yeah. I What I was going to say was uh, my highlight of the entire fandom was the announcement of the new Eagly show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Peacemaker looks wonderful. It looks like a you know, and the, not only did they have Peacemaker, they had a nice big um, you know panel interview about Suicide Squad, then about Peacemaker. Like they they spent a good chunk of time, which good for them because yeah, yeah, they invested James a lot Gunn of money. Is, <laughs> yeah, you can tell James Gunn is having fun. Yeah, yeah. Cena came, like he brought the energy and a suit. And yeah, and <laughs> a the couple suit. of suits. Yeah. Like he just outclassed everyone in apparel. And they get to talking about the directing, and James Gunn is directing like five of the eight episodes. Yeah, and yeah. wrote wrote like seven of them. I think they said. I forget yeah. how many. It was more than he's directing, and he's directing five. I mean, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um. You know what John what John Cena looks like? A star. That's what he looks like. Yeah. This is how a star <laughs> behaves. Uh. I, I, you know, these guys. Who Especially come from, when he's dancing in his tidy whities Well, <laughs> these guys who come from wrestling know how to perform 
They know how to energize an audience. Uh, I, I am I am really impressed uh, about what John Cena did in the Suicide Squad. I am impressed with what we're seeing coming up on Peacemaker. I think that guy is going to be a huge star. Yeah, and I said the really what surprised me out of the whole thing was Eagly. Yeah, I did not see any of that coming, and then uh-huh. we see the trailer and just this giant bald eagle giving him a hug. And it's like, I'm sold. And then the eagle walking next to him. I know it's a CGI eagle. I don't care. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I will be buying merchandise of Eagly. I got to tell you, John Cena also knows how to dress. He was by far the best dressed man I saw in the fandom. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Hey, At least three different three-piece suits. <laughs> three yeah. different. He, uh... I am glad that he is bringing it for that character um, because, you know, I mean, he could have been cast as any any DC superhero, um, you know, with a bit of humor. But James Gunn brought him in as Peacemaker and, you know, it, it's not a character that should have legs. Yeah. So the fact that they, you know, are, are, are doing something with it and the fact that James Gunn, like we said, you know, directing five of the eight episodes, like that dude literally had a contract in place to go do Guardians of the Galaxy after uh after uh, suicide squad but because it you know the filming was not ready to start he he, he jumped into to this instead yeah. you know during the during that time like he and didn't have the other surprise out of the trailer is vigilante yeah well and and you know what i think we're seeing is that because peacemaker is such a low stakes investment for hbo and and uh, dc they can just let james gunn do whatever the hell he wants to do and it'll be brilliant because yeah. of it you know, whereas well, he if, seemed, he had a, if he had a property like Batman or Superman or Catwoman, you know, it'd be, oh, you know, you got to be careful with the way you, you handle these properties. But who, until this summer, who the hell heard of the Peacemaker? I mean, outside of this podcast. Not, right. 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 I mean, and James Gunn just seemed to be so, seemed to be so excited about it. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, it, I don't feel like he's the type of person who could put on an, an air of excitement yeah. like some of the other people. I, I feel like if he wasn't excited about it, like, you'd be like, like Grant well. Gustin. He'd be like, exactly. yes. If he was like, oh, well, okay. But he seems so energetic and jazzed. They're telling that story about how they were, you know, filming late in the night one night and he was just running around giggling, going, I can't believe Warner Brothers has let me do this. Right. Yeah. Well, and he does such deep cuts. We saw it first in Suicide Squad, but even the talk here, he's pulling out characters that, like, so obscure that I have to look them up. And that's not normal for a big Hollywood director picking characters for properties. I think I think that he's just such a big nerd. You know, he's it's, I, I, I truly believe that James Gunn, he's kind of one of us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, they talked about when he was uh, doing the Suicide Squad, he was talking to what was it? Uh, John Ostrander, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and just geeking out with him, you know, and uh, about about the old books. Yeah, you know, not not just hey, look, aren't we making a cool movie? But you know, hey, let, yeah, let's talk about Starro. <laughs> <laughs> what what are the odds? What are the odds we see Weasel show up in one of those eight episodes of Peacemaker? Oh yeah, oh, you know it, Absolutely. you know it. Well, and so you know, one I will say one thing that was disappointing for me about Fandom Uh-oh. is that you know they we we've talked about things that that were 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 given plenty of attention whether it was Peacemaker or Milestone or some of these other properties, I, I was disappointed. And, you know, I was the the first time too. But the thing about the first time with DC Fandom is that there was a ton of comic book content 
maybe not during the live DC Fandom, but as supplemental footage available on DCFandom.com. For for this round of Fandom, other than the milestone news, all the other comic comic news was really kind of held into brief news flash snippets, um, you know, that were just narrated by the actress who plays Iris West on um, the Flash, and you know, for as much time as they spent on Milestone, which I was happy with, they really had some big Superman news um, that that was explored only in News Flash, um, and so like. Jonathan Kent coming out as bisexual, new creative teams on the Superman titles, and of course, Truth, Justice, and a Better Tomorrow being the new slogan for Superman were all just, all three of those big news bits were pretty much encapsulated in like a minute and a half segment versus honestly talking to the the comic book writers of, of the current, like why not have a Tom Taylor segment, you know, an interview with Tom Taylor and Philip Kennedy Johnson. I was right. I was rather I, you know regardless of your feelings about the new slogan um I felt like it's a big deal and I felt like Jonathan Kent um was a big deal too and I would have liked to have seen some some time spent on on those announcements. See Paul, I felt like there was a lot more comic coverage this year than last year. Still not much. Yeah, but all but like a minute like... here, a minute there. Like other than other than milestone, they didn't really talk to anybody. No, and they didn't last year either. It just felt like last year they just kind of ignored the comics or referenced like older things. But well, this time they hit on they hit on the upcoming Wonder Woman crossover. Yeah, it was just a few seconds talking about it. Yeah, the Wonder Woman they crossover. Hit, they hit on the Superman story of him going off to War World, and they dealt with that a bit. They they you know hit on Jonathan Kent. They hit on a few other things throughout the comics. It wasn't much. It was very very little, yeah. and I'm still disappointed it wasn't more comic content. But well, it felt like it was more than last year. To yeah. Me. Well, last year, remember they had that separate like on demand site. So all that stuff, on like during Fandom itself, it was it was pretty much just what like we had now. But they also had like all the streaming content. You could see the Jeff Johns Three Jokers panel. Um, you know, an interview with Tom King, like all that stuff, but it was just on demand. Whereas this doesn't have that. Um, they just had the news bit. So I don't know. For me, I I would have liked to have seen some more attention paid to and don't get me wrong, it was still four hours of content, so I'm not complaining. Well, but I would have liked honest, to see more time. They're not making their money from the comics. Yeah, fair. The comics are mining them stories that they can use elsewhere. They're they're putting the time where they're making their money. I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I think that's exactly the reason why they're not spending more time on the comics. Yeah, it's annoying for people like <laughs> but, us because we want to hear about it. You know, if you're if you're not even going to use this opportunity to invest in the business, that means you're never going to. Yeah, because that's you like, know? To, I mean, to your point, Aaron, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but like, okay, yes, they're not making money off of the comics. They're making money off of the movies. Well, this is why, because you're right, not taking exactly. the time where you have, you know, p- people watching you to sell that product. I think it would have, to your point, Paul, I think that it would have been great for them to set, set uh, you know, the writer and artist down for, you know, the Superman of Metropolis uh, book that's come, that's out now with Jonathan Kent. Um, I think, and in particular, that book would have been important to talk about. 
uh, and, and then lead into uh, the new slogan, truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. I think that really builds that foundation, and it would, would help to have built a buzz. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that the folks at you know, Warner DC would tell you that, oh, we've already got those guys. We don't, we don't have to pitch to them because those guys are already are already going to be there on Wednesday or Tuesday whenever the books come out. But it's the same thing at the big conventions now. The big conventions don't cover the comic stories. There's only one or two conventions where the comic creators are actually there right. and talk. They're all about the multi, you know, the multimedia properties. The, I, I truly, I believe the value of fandom. I'm sorry, fandom is not the actual event itself. It's all the retweets and mm-hmm. Instagram posts and Facebook posts and you know whatever happens on MySpace these days. In uh, it's, the, it's the value of people talking about it and reposting it and sharing those videos. And if you don't create videos for them, they're not going to share. I, it just seems like a huge missed opportunity. Well, you know, yeah, you booked four hours. You could have done four hours, 30 minutes. You know, you could have given it some time. Yeah, and you could have had – I mean you had all of these people – already signed up for appearances you could have had you know to cross pollinate to keep the mm-hmm. eyes on it so that people don't mm-hmm. walk into the other room you have the cast of superman and lois interviewing tom taylor mm-hmm. and john right, Tins, right. Um, and aaron you, know, you may not have realized this because you had to leave early but uh it didn't last until the full four hours it ended oh, really? about a half hour early yeah like three really? it was like three and a half hours which i will say they didn't they did say online that it's it was three and a half hours of content but like when you clicked add to calendar, it added four yeah, hours. It four hours, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that that for me that was a, a bit of a disappointment to, to not get more attention on some of those comic properties. It is what it is, uh, you know, missed opportunity. But yeah, I didn't expect it because they don't care, and it sucks because yeah, we, that's what we really want to hear about. But they just don't care. Yeah. Well, speaking of Jonathan Kent, I was excited to hear that there would be an. Uh, an upcoming DC animated movie called, I believe, Challenge of the Super Sons? Battle of the Super Sons, maybe? Regardless, there there, there will be a Damian Wayne, Jonathan Kissing Kim. of the Super Sons? <laughs> no, I don't think they're kissing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to wait to be excited until we find out what the story is. Because if you remember, they did that Challenge of the Super Sons comic book mm-hmm. that was ridiculously bad compared to everything we loved about Super Sons before that. True, true. Well, fingers crossed. I'm, I'm hopeful for it. I'm excited that they're acknowledging that property. I'm excited that they're acknowledging Super Pets, and not just Super Pets, but, like, they're bringing in an all-star cast of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, Kevin Hart, John Krasinski, and a whole bunch of other people. I don't remember some of the other actors, but Super Super Pets, League of Super Pets. I, it's I, very exciting. It is very exciting. And I thought that was a fun yeah. little trailer for... You it know. looks good, too. The CGI yeah. of uh, Crypto, at least, looks great. Well, and, you yeah. know, yeah, they spent some money on it, right? It's not like, it's not like unfortunately, that Batmobile show that mm-hmm. looks like DC's imitating cars, mm-hmm. but with starring the Batmobile. Oh, DC is totally imitating cars, but you know what? I was excited to see that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to watch it. I'm not the audience for it. But I remember all of my nieces and nephews that were into cars. That's exactly the kind of show that they would have gotten into when they were really young. Yeah, I I want to see more things like that from DC where there are these properties for the really young kids getting in that I'll never watch, but that they can really enjoy. Just like the DC superhero girls has 
zero interest for me, but I loved that they did it because my niece really got into it. Yeah. Well, you know, I had to leave the uh, the broadcast before it was done. Uh, so I missed the the epic premiere of the Batman Cape Crusader trailer. <laughs> well, yeah, so the Batman, so funny. Um, so Batman Cape Crusader, they had a decent, probably a five minute, like, to your, like a Blu-ray bonus feature um, interviewing uh, the, the co-executive producers of the upcoming Batman Cape Crusader animated series. So it's done in the Bruce Timm style. Um, but it's produced by Bruce Tim, Matt Reeves, um, who's directing the upcoming Batman movie, as well as J.J. Abrams. Um, they're, they're teaming up to put together this series that Bruce Tim is describing as this is more Batman the animated series than Batman the animated series. That yeah. they're, you know, he's going back to his original concepts, his original <laughs> drawings. You know, not worried about the broadcast standards and practices, and trying to appeal to the, you know, the the Fox Kids network. Yeah, that, and he was inspired by the, you remember the Batman 75-year, like, video that they yeah. did? Yeah. That's what inspired him to want to go back and do this project. Yeah, so it's a really going to lean into the 1940s, um, you know, aesthetic of, of, of Batman with, uh, you know, the technology and the costumes and the hair styles and all that, which, I mean, they talk, everything they said was the right thing to say, but what, yeah. what was frustrating is that they literally had no footage from the show they just kept yep. showing footage from batman the animated series yep and they kept they did keep talking about things like uh you know just because you've seen this story before don't expect to see that this is going to be a new story you know things will be could go very differently everything's on the table but like paul said they just kept showing the same everything that's like, been on the table <laughs> yeah batman the animated series yeah. stuff so I'm excited, but uh, I think they may have spent a little too much time on that because they were spending the time showing footage that was irrelevant. Yeah, well, and it gets for for what, and, and now I'm beginning to think, well, kind of like some of the other stuff we've talked about, that's a ways off. Like that that type of animation is a ways off because that's a hand drawn animation. Uh, at least the way they, at least. The impression I got is that it's hand-drawn animation. So we're probably still a few years from seeing Batman Cape Crusader. And maybe next year's fandom is when we'll get our first trailer for it. Well, now I'm sad. That's okay. There's still a Batman movie coming out in, in just a few months. Really, March 2022. It's not a Batman movie. It's the Batman movie, Paul. Sorry. A the Batman movie <laughs> is on, coming out in March. Um, from director Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson... Uh, and uh, you know a whole bunch of other stuff, and we got our second look, a, a pretty like a three minute long trailer, I think, uh, during Fandom. I was surprisingly excited uh, for it. I, you know, I'm not a huge Robert Pattinson fan, but I, I kind of liked what they're showing us in the trailer. It See, was I don't know the loudest trailer I've seen in a while. <laughs> I don't know anything about Robert Pattinson, but I've been excited about this since the first trailer because it really feels like we're getting a Batman story we haven't seen before in live action. A detective Batman. And in this case, they really focused on the aspect of this is a young Batman that's having a problem keeping his temper under control. It looked good. It looked loud, but it looked good. <laughs> it did look very good. You know, honestly, I, I, I do know things about Robert Pattinson and I'm not a fan of his, uh, but... Yeah. You know, I think uh, Twilight, right? Twilight, Twilight yeah. That's Twilight, yep. Yeah. 
So, but I, but I think the film looks really darn good. And you know, it's funny because they they've really the way they've been kind of advertising it is that Colin Farrell, like, oh, he's not in the movie much, you know, blah blah blah, you know, as the Penguin. But like, if you watch that trailer, I mean, there there there's a unless that's all from the first half hour of the movie, there's a hell of a lot of Penguin in that trailer. I do uh, kind of feel like that. There's probably one extended scene with with. The yeah, Penguin, we saw like three different segments of that one scene, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited. The You know, we've never seen really a, a Riddler story in live action. Not a good uh, I'm sorry, a good, yeah, a good <laughs> Riddler. No, we've never seen a Riddler story. story. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, so I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited to see a good one. I, I love the little part at the beginning where, you know, the, the cup of coffee, the cappuccino is there, and the little uh, question mark is in the foam. Uh-huh. Ah, so well, good. I know I love the Catwoman did. scenes. We did see some really good penguin footage. However, it was in the Suicide Squad video game uh, yeah. trailer. You know, shoot him again. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> that was, I lost that was... it. That was so hilarious. Awesome. Yeah, and I... then at the end with King Shark, when he's like, uh, no, no, blow up his head. <laughs> and everybody's like, too far, man, too far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, there were there were certainly some some areas that I think the fandom could have borne correction, but overall, I enjoyed it more than I did last year. I would agree. It felt it, it felt more thought out. Um, I liked that there weren't all the different avenues and streams; that it was just one primary thing. I dug it. I thought I thought the fandom was worthwhile. Yeah. The only thing I'll say, so you know, I the would... only negative thing I'll say, uh, yeah, and I guess, and the only one more negative thing that I'll say. <laughs> Um, is I hope they release the uh, the schedule. Snyder cut. <laughs> the, Snyder, the schedule Snyder next cut time. The DC <laughs> <laughs> it's it was already four hours, um, but yeah, I think a schedule. And I get why they didn't because they want you to, to force you to watch all of it. Uh, but a schedule would have been nice. Yeah, because that was all yeah. pre-produced. It's not like it was a live event that they had to worry about going off schedule. I mean, a schedule been very nice. Yeah, but yeah, well, I, I agree, Paul? Aaron. Yes, sir. I agree. I yeah, but I let's go go back to you agreeing with me because that so rarely happens. I, I thought it, I thought it was it was time well spent. I wish I could have sat through the whole thing, uh, though it was nice to see all the video made available shortly thereafter so that I could uh, watch it online. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was time well spent. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, uh, from DC Comics, we have the new issue of Nightwing. Uh, you know, continuing the Fair State crossover. Um, we also have um, the first issue of Nubia and the Amazons, which uh, does lead into the Wonder Woman, I think, Fury of the Amazons crossover that they announced during DC Fandom. Uh, so Nubia and the, and the Amazons, um, you know, Nubia has taken over uh, as Queen of the Amazons while uh, Hippolyta is in the world of man. So it kind of continues that story. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm going to check out the preview pages. Oh, Trial of the Amazons. I'm sorry, is the name of the crossover. So I might check that one out. We also have the newest issue of Superman, Son of Kal-El. Um, after last issue's cliffhanger, you know, where the, the, the Kent farm has been blown up. Uh, we get the continuation of that storyline. And Aaron, a very big surprise, is that Hill House Comics is still a thing. And that refrigerator... You're kidding me. <laughs> nope. Refrigerator Full of Heads. Issue 1. The sequel to uh, Basket Full of Heads. 
comes well, out you, next you week. Got, you got to keep them fresh, Paul. You got to put them out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what yeah. is happening right now? <laughs> what is? What, what are you even talking about? A basket I, full of heads? It was. I would a, like to pick it up because I read all of Basket Full of Heads and I enjoyed it. Yeah, me yeah. too. That was Joe How did Hill. I miss this? Yeah, it's a uh, Joe Hill, Stephen King's son. He's got a whole line of comics. Through DC. I mean, I knew about I knew about Lock and Key. I'd never heard of Basket Full of Heads, though. He's got like yeah. four of them, like Plunge, Basket Full of four Heads, heads. Four, heads. Four, four Heads, heads. <laughs> and they're all in a basket. That's Spoiled. why he writes so much. <laughs> um, so that's DC from Marvel Comics. We have the new issue of Thor, featuring a special issue of Thor focused on Throg, the Frog of Thunder. Oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah. nice. He is he is the master of spies in Asgard. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, also, new issues of the death of Doctor Strange and Fantastic Four uh, from independent comic publishers. We have the second issue of Titan Comics Gun Honey. Gun uh, Honey. We didn't talk about issue one, but I, I, it sounds like there was enough enjoyment there that we might be talking about issue two. I think we will. From Comicsology Originals, you have Night of the Ghoul which is the third in the new line of uh, Comicsology Originals written by Scott Snyder. This one is a horror comic uh, drawn by Francesco Francovilla. And finally, from Valiant Comics, we have the trade paperback of Shadow Man, uh, issues one through four from Cullen Bunn and John Davis Hunt. Uh, Wayne and I talked about this a little while back and kind of the conclusion of the first arc. And just, I, I this book is absolutely gorgeous. Um, so if you didn't pick it up, instead of paying $4 an issue, you can pay nine forty nine digitally uh, for the trade paperback. Well, great. I'm excited about almost all of those books. I'm excited about almost all the hosts on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to know which host you despise. Give ah, us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, I, I, I'm a little concerned about the sliding into our DMs. Well, you check the DMs, yeah. so I figured that that should be you. Yeah, you, I'm just, you don't slide, slide into slide Aaron's into DMs. <laughs> slide yeah. delicately into Aaron's DMs. <laughs> Make sure you explain to him what that means when you do slide into his DMs. I'm gonna, you, usually, you gotta buy someone dinner first. <laughs> oh, we'll do it all over again next week, guys. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.